Hello everyone and welcome back to our second podcast in our nutrition series. I have Amy here again joining me. Hello, round two. <laughs> yes, round two. We thought that this time we would go through how to conduct an initial consultation and also the importance of an initial consultation. Start from the very start when you are onboarding a new client. It is really important to do a thorough initial consultation so that you're getting an idea of your client's past history, their current history, what they're experiencing, any health issues that they may have. And it is a lot more detailed and you can have such an impact as a coach if you understand what their health status is like. So we're gonna talk about not just training, but nutrition and also mindset and psychology might not be something that you have considered in asking about your clients in their initial consultation as well. So we're gonna go with Amy. So she is the queen of nutrition, head nutrition coach here at AWPT. Absolutely amazing. We're gonna ask her, how she conducts an initial consultation with her clients and some of the things that you should definitely be asking, but also some of the things that you need to know what to do with the information that you get, right? Like you can't just ask a question and then just leave it and be like, oh, I have no idea what to do with this information. So starting from the very start, Amy, like what are some of the first things that you ask your clients when they sign up with you? Big question. So for me, the initial is definitely the most important. This is your golden time. Like this is where you build rapport with your client. And it's also for me, I set the stage for them saying there's no such thing as TMI. I want to know every little detail. So there is obviously a privacy um, agreement between us. I don't discuss anything with my clients outside of coaching with them. Um, but that also allows them to have the space to feel like they can open up. There's so many different facets to someone's health that they may think something might not be related. Um, even if it's body patterning or I've got this in my knee, but say for example, if they're having joint pain and they also have what, uh, hyperpermeability in their gut, or they also have, um, gluten intolerance or celiac, celiac disease, but they aren't aware of it then you're looking for patterns, I guess, in their body to present, to give you a picture. The same as blood work, you look for patterns, not just for an individual marker. So obviously the norms of their gender, their age, um, but I also like to know a lot of their experience. So as much as I have them fill in an initial form, I do allow the conversation in the initial to flow. If I've picked up something that they've said, and I was like, oh, spidey senses have gone up. Like that kind of sounds like I should investigate that further. Then I'll just really run with that. Um, when I'm also speaking about their digestion, I want to know the full details. I want to <laughs> know what their poo looks like. I want to know how often. I want to know how much water they're drinking. Any other digestive symptoms. So be that they have reflux or that they feel as though they don't fully digest their meal or they're getting bloated an hour after a meal or potentially at the end of the day. I want to pattern these things together, um, especially if it's safe for something like in women. If they haven't, um, I guess, put together, they're like, oh, I do get thrush occasionally. I'm like, well, mm, that's a big actually, one. Yeah, <laughs> that comes back down to your gut. Um, so I guess they seem to think like vaginal microbiome is also going to be influenced by our digestive or gut health as well. Um, and even just knowing what their, either their vaginal microbiome or their gut microbiome setup is like based on their symptoms and also their blood work for me, um, allows me to paint a picture to then, I guess, customize their nutrition or their programs with me 
um, to alleviate a lot of the pain or things that may be rate limiting their success? Yeah, so many good points there. Like first of all, like going back to rapport and building a relationship with your client. Like if you're going to be asking those questions, <laughs> you want to have that relationship with your client. Like you want to have that relationship building where you've actually built a safe, comfortable space for your client. And this is something that oh, I think we could do a whole nother course on is like how to create a safe container for your clients to be open with you um, because getting all the information is necessary whether it's like thrush whether it's UTIs recurrent UTIs whether they've had STIs and things like that can play a massive yeah I, I always say like there like no system exists in isolation like you can't isolate you know, your physical, your mental, your chemical, like all the different systems in your body. I had a client the other day, like we were just speaking on a, uh, a webinar and we were talking about this and, and I just mentioned like the link between mental health and like the luteal phase of your mm -hmm. cycle. And, you know, she was saying, I've never thought about this, but actually when I'm in my luteal phase, I get a lot of depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes those things don't even come into someone's mind. So I think having that thorough uh, initial consultation and asking the right questions. And again, like you said, following your intuition with like if something's like ding, 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 red yeah. flag, like delving deeper into that because like, you, you know, just because you're ignorant to it or just because you don't know about that isn't an excuse for not being able to help your client because like I said before as a coach you have such an impact on a person's life not just their physical body not just like their aesthetics and how they look but also you know their mental health but also their inner inner health like mm -hmm. their gut health like menstrual cycle all those sorts of things yeah, and at that point in time when you're doing their initial, like you should have no distractions around you. They are the most important person at that point in time and you need to be highly interested in what they're saying. If they've mentioned something or even if you notice if they look away when they've said something and there's either an aspect of like shame or that they are revealing something quite personal to them, you need to be aware of that. That's why I do, I guess, a lot of my um, initials via Zoom. Like I like video. I'm like, I want to see into your soul when I'm <laughs> asking you these questions. But it also, I guess, comes from um, even from a marketing standpoint of how you market yourself, I guess, on social media. So I talk about a lot of taboo topics or throw a little bit of light in the areas people may be a little bit uncomfortable so when they come they kind of know what to expect and I set that standard for them of like you can say whatever you like I'm not going to judge you literally mm. I, I don't even care what you eat like I think they get that feeling that you're going to be like oh she ate that today like she's going to think I'm so bad I hate when someone's like oh I have a really shit diet yeah. you're going to judge me don't judge and I'm like I honestly am the least judgmental person you could possibly meet so um, I think just setting that standard and also knowing that like just be really inquisitive ask questions look for body language feedback and also what they say yeah 100% it's all a part of the arch of art of coaching and that's what's going to set you above the other coaches in the industry right like if you just you know kind of look at them as like another person or another number or whatever it kind of is like the standard run-of-the-mill like here's your consultation then you're not going to you're not going to be able to see deeper. No. And yep. they can pick that up too, right? Like, you know, when someone's looking at your phone, when you're meant to be talking to them, you know, so um, you're basically letting them know you're not important or that they don't feel important if you're distracted. 
Yeah, and I think as well, like, reflecting back to them what they've said and listening to them, like, showing that you've listened is, is it just sets the standard for the entire coaching journey. So, like, that's, like, first of all, like, the art, like I was saying before, sorry, the art of coaching versus the science of it. Because we can have this, like, perfectly curated, uh, you know, initial consultation form that dots all the t like dots all the i's crosses all the t's <laughs> and like answers like all the questions but like if you've just sort of sent off a form or like you, you haven't gotten on a conversation with that client like it's not going to set like an open relationship for them to to be able to be open with you and so you know making sure that you know you have that emotional intelligence to reflect back on them to actively listen to them you know if they're they're telling you something like they're they're delving deep into the the issues in their life and things like that you know they've just gone through I don't know a divorce and they have mm. they're a single mum of two kids and like you know obviously that's going to impact stress levels so they might not overtly say things mm. like I'm stressed but you know from some of the other things like what can you infer from that as well um, and that I think is like where the art of coaching comes in versus like just collecting the data yeah definitely and I think that sometimes people think what they perceive as normal is not so they'll be like yeah I don't, I don't really sleep it takes me an hour to fall asleep be like oh well, you should actually be falling asleep in like five mm. so um or even if they're uh, like yeah my periods are kind of heavy or like I get cravings I get lower back pain boob pain but that's kind of normal and you're like well actually that's not what we want to aim for from a healthy standpoint mm. so I guess letting them know not directly like straight away of being like oh that's bad like but just yeah. taking note of it and asking questions like okay how long have your periods been like that for um and you know are those symptoms lessening or are they worsening mm. um, and even with their sleep have been like okay well what can you do and give them I always leave my initial giving three tips to my clients even if I haven't yet done their nutritional training programs up or supplements especially straight after initial it might be that I give them a tip to see morning light in their eyes or to set a certain bedtime or to something to do to help with their menstrual cycles as well. Like if I give them three tips to walk away with, mm. they feel as though one, they've been seen and heard um, and they also have something to action and they feel like they can apply, I guess, a basic start and that'll start their momentum. Yeah, for sure. Like that, that um, feedback, like immediate feedback, uh, they're going to feel like, yeah, you valued them and you've given them value as well. And so you know, I think that's really important for, you know, setting the tone of the relationship to come. Mm, and it's not throwing everything at them at once. Like I do give my clients quite a lot to action, but mm. I guess even just starting an issue, like that's a basic place for you to start. So everything on top of that isn't going to overwhelm them. Mm. So start slow. And I, I do have quite a lot of perfectionists that I coach and I'm like, it's okay that you got 90% of what I asked for like that's still better and it's consistent yeah. effort so which is what I what they could aim for yeah and I also think it reassures them that they've made the right decision in coming to coach with you as well um you know when I used to have people coming into clinic with me like I would always reassure them like like I've dealt with back pain before like I've dealt mm. with what you're experiencing I've dealt with uh people with the same symptoms that you've had before um, because as well, like you might uncover some things that they might worry about, for mm. example. Um, but having that reassurance that like, 
you've done this before and you can help them with the things that you found on their initial consultation, I think will just make them feel a lot more safe Mm. as well. I guess aside from getting distracted, one other definite no-no in an initial is relating what they're telling you and taking it on yourself of being like oh I experienced that too Mm. oh me too yeah I I'm gonna tell you a story about myself like they don't care they're there for themselves yeah like they're not here to (laughs) tell you I've told this to my partner before I've heard him doing like sales calls and initial consults and he's like so I did this and I'm like you can't say that like they don't care about you they care about them the funny yeah the funny thing is technically from an ADHD standpoint as well like I can catch myself trying to do it I've been like oh, if I relate it creates closeness but yeah. I also have the EQ to know that's not what is needed right now so I think kind of like if you're like oh I can't help it it's ADHD it's mm. not you can control um, I guess how your mind works as well but um, yeah so definitely it's funny I pulled Nav up on it too but I um, <laughs> Like you can relate to maybe other clients who've had a similar issue that you've helped, but it always comes back to the person you're speaking to and the client and asking more questions about them. Yeah, like empathy. Yeah, like ideally. <laughs> having empathy. Like, yes, re- like relating is important, but then also like having empathy in terms of like, because there are going to be clients where, you know, you have to deal with things that you haven't dealt with personally yourself mm-hmm. and being able to understand. Like I've never had really bad back pain kind of Mm -hmm. thing but being a physio like it's one of the most common things I come across so it's being able to understand and um I guess I always ask questions I always ask them questions like what are you experiencing Mm. because like yes if you have had that experience you can relate better but if you haven't had that experience it doesn't mean you can't necessarily help it's just that you're able to understand and have Mm -hmm. that empathetic view of like fuck like I can't imagine what that's like kind of thing yeah and if anything like I've always said like your your clients will teach you far more than a textbook or a course will teach you like if you like okay the textbook I like (laughs) analytical I like learning and all those kind of things but I will never be able to you uh, the human form and then the human emotions and everything else can never be put into a course so having them teach you in that moment allows you to serve more clients further for longer um, and I guess to understand a multi-faceted approach to any subject yeah so you you get a deeper understanding of who they are like in terms of yes their health status but also their psychology the way they think the way they need to be coached as well yeah and the way they talk about themselves that's a big one yeah because it's not just about like the way that you want to coach but also like how do they need to be coached because people will respond differently and prefer different ways of coaching as well yeah (laughs) I'm smiling because uh (laughs) I think there's definitely been the times where in the past I know myself and also other coaches have been very one way like you either track your macros and you stick to this plan or you don't have the balls to like kind of or vagina to like push through and like you're not hard enough right but I guess knowing that like no one ever has the same background or lifestyle and I guess being adaptable is also what makes a coach so even asking them like okay how many times a day do you have time to sit down and eat a meal especially to like a mum or someone who's maybe always on the go or a hairdresser or, or something like that um they're never going to live the same life as you. So you need to understand their lifestyle, especially. Um, but 
it's a challenge and it's a great challenge as a coach to be like, oh, that's an obstacle I didn't see coming. Like the same as in life, like the obstacles you see is a challenge that you want to run towards. The same with coaching. If there's a challenge that a client has, that's an opportunity for new learning and to add a new tool to your tool box. Oh, and I think as well as a coach, it's important not to push our personal beliefs onto our clients as well because everyone again like has different beliefs and we talk about this and I think we talked about it last podcast about evidence-based practice being the research personal professional experience but Mm -hmm. also clients values Mm -hmm. and so being careful not to push our projections onto our clients is also really important because you know you could be like hey no like you need to track your macros and you need to Mm -hmm. hit your protein your carbs and your fats and what if that person has an eating disorder and that Mm. um uh, that type of uh, tracking doesn't rigidity work for them yeah. yeah and it's going to maybe exacerbate some of their symptoms right so it's like and usually the people will tell you like what they prefer and you can you can infer that like what might be the best thing for them as well mm. um, because you know if you if you go and do that like number one you might not get the results but also number two the client might not feel aligned with you or aligned with with your methods and then you lose a client and I think you know as a as coaches like yes we do want to work with certain people and there like are certain people that we perhaps you know wish wish to attract but also like our goal is also to help people and instead of seeing like people who don't stick to their macros let's just say is like um, disobedient or mm. like just hard work it's like well but how can we support them like like can we see it as a challenge in a way that we can increase our IQ and EQ as a coach mm-hmm. um, in terms of like how to better deal with more people and with like quote-unquote challenging or complex cases mm-hmm. as well yeah um Yes. I, I think as well that like that's normally if someone gets into the role of a coach and it's because they enjoy training and they can be rigid and strict and those things, they're the ones who are actually going to get more frustrated with clients who maybe aren't as rigid and strict. And But expecting everyone to be like you is just a recipe for failure. But also like honestly, coaching is just empathy. It's empathy and knowing when to push um, and when to, I guess, like allow space a hundred percent like being empathetic and understanding like what they're going through like um usually what you can do is is rather than pushing your projection projection sorry onto your clients is just simply like asking them what do you need Mm. like because you can guess like what do you need like what support do you need you can guess but just asking them is like number one because I, I like I found that that has just made such a difference to my coaching. Like not thinking that I know everything mm. and I know this person and I know what this person needs exactly. It's like it's like any relationship, right? Like you're not a mind reader. You don't know that what worked with one client or like one relationship is going to be the same carried over into another one. Mm. Like, And even I guess um, – knowing what won't work for other people is also you're not going to lose credibility by being like hey that's like new let me go look into that Mm. like um maybe you don't have to tell them like oh my god I don't know what that is like yeah but if there's something you need to research further asking more questions to understand their experience doesn't make you lose credibility it actually gives them confidence in you that you care yeah 
and that you're actually going to like look into it and actually like better yourself and make sure it's it's right before you give them an answer rather than bullshitting Mm -hmm. yeah um speaking of things that people may not know like I guess if they're like oh you know how's your libido oh well you know it is what it is I'm married like it's meant to be that way and you're like oh that's probably not it like Mm. um I guess it's just some of the stereotypes that you're having to face with as well um and letting you don't have to tell them like oh that's quite not quite normal but I guess being like do you ever get any increases across your cycle and even if they are um, say on contraception you want to know what specific types you want to know for how long and especially you want to know if they've had any breaks or why why they were put on there because I think a lot of people uh, went on contraception for more like oh I'm going to clear my skin um, heaven forbid they say I'm going to regulate my cycle um, yeah. <laughs> but I guess knowing that reason like okay because that is a symptom of their body if previously they had really heavy periods or either a lot of acne and things like that and it was used as a method to help that even though it's only proven for contraception um, it does give you signs and symptoms from the body to l- let you dig further into what might be underlying 100% and that's also into that becomes comes in with the education right so like for example you know asking your client and we'll go into like a little bit deeper of like what questions you should be asking but one of them for women especially is are you on like hormonal contraception Mm. because you know then it's going to be like well why like why are we on hormonal contraception and that opens the door to a whole range of different questions like was it because like you said like was it acne was it uh to regulate the irregular cycles and then that's going to you know bring up the educational piece of well actually this isn't actually regulating your cycle this is actually what's happening you don't actually experience a period um it's more like a pill bleed um or a withdrawal bleed you know um was it because boy problems yeah (laughs) yeah exactly exactly um and then again like that could be a way to educate into and you know look further into this like this is beyond the scope of a coach like fertility awareness method like Mm -hmm. there are courses that you can do but um you know educating your client that this is actually a thing Mm. um so apart from like for women specifically asking whether they're on hormonal contraception and what their menstrual cycles are like. What are some other questions that you would ask in an initial consultation? Um, I think still going down the lines of their supplementation as well, because like just like OCP, even with uh, non-pharmaceuticals to say vitamins and minerals, you can have toxic load of that too, especially if they're a fat-soluble vitamin. So just because they've seen it, some magazine, someone is having some hair and nails cream or they're (laughs) having like some supplement to help with their thyroid like you don't need the only way you would know of what you need is blood work um so I I want to know especially if they're coming in they're like I look after my health so much they've got like 10 different bottles of vitamins and minerals that they're having as well as a OCP as well as like um I don't know whatever else they're prescribed then like that's such a mixture like we can't necessarily get toxic load from nutrition of micronutrients um, and minerals because we uh, they just don't exist in that in nature Um, but you can overdo it on like your your supplements as well Um, especially if they're having like GI distress or uh, fatigue or there's some kind of like uh, skin issues and um, neurally they don't feel like they're emotionally capable or they're just like having more um anxiety and things like that but you realize they're just 
pumping through like high doses or ODing on the health supplements. Um, that's probably somewhere to look. And the gummies. Oh, the Vita gummies. <laughs> yeah, I think I maybe it. had too many vitamin C <laughs> once and then it was just like out the other end. Yeah, or say they're having like zinc on an empty stomach, depending on the zinc type. And they're like, I guess I know I should. I'm like, mm. well, yeah. Um, and I guess, yeah, knowing like any other female health things around like their cravings and their cycle length and um, any other changes or even looking for like bodily, like are they getting uh, facial hair um, or um, hair loss or thinning? Um, if they're losing eyebrows, they're like, it's okay, I got them like tattooed. I'm like, oh, okay. Like <laughs> that still tells me there's a little symptom from your body. Um, and I guess even looking from, like go from top down, like analyze them, ask about like brain first and then you might ask about their um, their mouth if they have any dental issues. You could ask if they get any reflux, any indigestion, any bloating and how like far after a meal um, and I guess it's knowing like okay like just map out the digestive system in your head mm-hmm. and kind of ask from that way down um, if they have any difficulty falling asleep or waking up um, any history they have with uh, blood pressure issues or blood sugar management issues um, any I think this is another taboo one but more so of like okay well do you have um painful either menstrual cycles or painful intercourse um and they're like oh yeah but I think my pelvic floor is tight or you could even refer on okay maybe they do go get their pelvic floor checked or um refer on to a endocrinologist or um someone who's going to help with their, their female health as well um and even in men like I still ask them like you know they should essentially be waking up with an erection and if they feel as though they're not um, and, you know, they're still young enough, like I'm like, okay, something might be wrong there or frequent urination or um, there's so many different facets of like, oh, if I ask for frequent urination and they're like, yeah, but I drink a lot of water, but that, your body is smarter than you. Yeah. So <laughs> um, it's one of two things, your electrolyte balance is maybe a little bit out and we need to have a look at your adrenal health and a few other areas as well um, and maybe even your estrogen or you are drinking like seven liters because you heard water was healthy um, and you're flushing your electrolytes at the same time as well so um, little things like that and even just their lifestyle as I was speaking about so having a look at like how they're getting natural light and you know how much light do they get in the day do they get to see the sun are they using white or blue light at night and like what their energy levels are I guess you want to imagine that they've taken you on a day to work like it's like go to work with your coach day and they're explaining to you their entire day and what their stresses are and what they're consuming and what they're drinking and what their symptoms are from their body Um, and then also you know what does their weekend look like and what are their commitments and what's important to them especially from like a lifestyle standpoint of their family and their friends and their social interactions like like I said we are not our clients but we can do our best to kind of understand them Um, especially if they're say uh, drinking or vaping or um just I guess smoking. a little bit looser on the weekends um yeah smoking um or um I guess any other habits that they recreational have habits. recreational yeah. habits there we go that'll do it um and I guess their history as well so if they have had any disordered eating history um what I guess the history is with their previous coaches and that could be psychological uh, experience that they have with them it could be that they were told maybe something which is untrue um, or it could be that they had a really bad experience and you just need to be aware of that um, but uh, yeah their activity level um, and 
Will can speak more on this, but like their mindset, um, especially approaching coaching if they've had a coach before, um, if what their history was again, but what they enjoy and what gives them pleasure in life um, and what they value most because they might say they want a goal of say fat loss and they want to be um, quite a lot leaner but the value isn't on their family and their friends and you're like okay well we can get close to that but you're going to have to settle maybe for something of this depending on what it would be to ensure their happiness and they may be able to get a lot leaner for say a photo shoot and then work their way slowly back out to live in a way that they are happiest. Yeah, so there are a lot of components to an initial consultation and don't be overwhelmed if you know if this is overwhelming to you, we do dive deeper into it in the nutrition course, but also like don't just be asking these questions because. Yeah. <laughs> you want to be asking these questions because you know what to do with the answers, mm-hmm. right? And that's literally what we go through within the whole course. Like it does dive deeper into like why are we asking these questions? And you mentioned mindset before, and, and I think that's huge as well because it's like, what are they? What are their expectations of you as a coach? Like, I have a lot of clients that say to me, like, I'm training less than I ever have and mm. I'm eating more than I ever have. And it's like, you know, that for some people, like usually the people that come to me now know mm. what they're going to get. Um, and what my philosophy is, but they might have been with a coach before that was like train six days a week and eat 1200 to 1500 calories to get lean. And, you know, it's just like, what are the expectations? Because there, there may be barriers as well, mm. like to what they've previously experienced. And then you'll have to uh, overcome some of those barriers with them as well. So I think that's important. Yeah. And unfortunately, I guess if they were training, because like PTs, maybe not so bad now, but even coaches before, they would have had an identity of like, she's a drill sergeant. Like she flogged me. I can't because I feel like I've had a good workout. You know, like that's not what you come for now. Like that might get the coach previously, maybe some good before and afters, but Mm. I can guarantee once that coach is done, they're giving you say the 1200 calories, six days a week training, they're done with you. Like they, you've got your result and that's unfortunately where a lot of clients I guess leave as well being like I look so good and it sets them up I guess for failure and like body fat regain and mm-hmm. fat cell hyperplasia and um yeah it got your coach a lot of good press mm. <laughs> with a before and after but like that doesn't What's the really after after yeah yeah exactly um so I guess it's knowing how to communicate that as well to your client. Um, and I think, yeah, setting the expectations is really important, um, especially with what your communication they can expect from you and also what you do and what you don't do, especially if it's say, um, and this is definitely more of a sensitive conversation, but if you find there is a lot of mental health issues, you do need to refer out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it's not your weight to carry and it's also not your place. You don't have the professional experience or even the qualifications to be able to handle that. Mm-hmm. Um, and when someone is, say, in a dark place, like you can do a lot of damage. Um, even if it's toxic positivity, they don't want to hear it. Like what they need is actual assistance. Yes. Yeah. And then also knowing what is within your scope as a coach is is important because, you know, food and training is definitely within your scope and that is also going to be something that can have an effect on your mental health. Mm-hmm. But then knowing like where the line is and, and referring out. And that brings me back to talking about blood work as well. Oh, yeah. Because, um, 
you you read blood work, you assess blood work that is within your scope as a nutritionist, um, but as a coach, it might not be. No, well. and you might be able to work with someone. Like there's, you can always work and mentor with someone to help them or like so that they can have a look at blood work as well. Um, but yeah, you do need to know what you're talking about. And the same as if you're asking questions, you do like – don't talk for the sake of talking to take up time because they've booked in for 45 minutes, you know, like ask questions that actually matter. Um, and then, yeah, even from a blood work standpoint, it does need to be recent. Same as if someone's like, oh, like this one time back in 2003, I had anemia. I'm like, okay, that's, that's great, but that's a snapshot in time. Um, or say if someone comes and like, I do have these food intolerances, once again, it's a snapshot in time. Mm. Um, so, I guess what is relevant at the time, you can still ask about history, but you also want to know what their last three to six months have been like more current. Yeah. So what are your uh, recommendations for coaches? They, you know, they've done the initial consultation. They've maybe found a few things on the initial consultation that they're concerned about and Mm -hmm. they do want to refer to blood for blood work. What do you say to them in terms of like, do you get a referral from a nutritionist, someone like you? Or do they go to the doctor because the you doctor doesn't always do the ones that you always No, need. and you kind of have to write the letter quite convincingly. So I, I love a bit of acting. I uh, will tell my client to go in with being like, oh, I'm so fatigued and I can't sleep at night. Like I'm like these, I'm just feeding them the symptoms. Mm. <laughs> so if they aren't already showing some to kind of look further to do a whole, because again, like I said, nothing works in isolation. I want to see a whole blood spectrum. So the yeah. more um, you... It's very a uh, talent to go in and not discredit the education of the doctor and be yeah. like, you don't know anything. Yeah, My coach has just asked for this or whatever it is. It's going in and being like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling this and this. Mm. What do you think it could be? This is the list of bloods that I've been suggested, but I really want to hear your opinion because it yeah. gives them an opportunity to, I guess, either add more testing if they, because again, they are a medical professional. They do know what they're talking about and they are looking for illness or disease. Yeah. So I'm looking for, for health. Um or micronutrient deficiencies or some kind of pattern in uh, sex hormones and things like that as well. But they are looking for illness or disease. If there is something further, I want that doctor to test. So I guess going in um, humble uh, and I guess asking in a way that you're asking for their opinion without uh, discrediting them. Mm -hmm. But having that list is... Having list is important. So um, yeah, it's normally a letter that I will write of ex-client is experiencing this they've experienced this for a while and uh, we haven't had much success through nutrition and training alone Um, these are the following tests I would like to run Um, and if you'd like to add me further to that then please do and I guess just letting them know that yeah you are the authority there ask them for a copy um, which to be fair I still ask the clients to ask for a copy because getting copies of bloods is pretty hard these days so um, I think even they need a follow-up appointment to even get a copy of their bloods now. Yeah, and then also going back and taking that back to someone who is qualified, whether it's a naturopath, nutritionist, who is qualified to read the blood work and then Mm -hmm. also advise off that as well. Yeah, and I've seen some pretty shitty kind of, um, pun intended, um, iron suggestions to say if their iron is low or uh, their iron stores are high. And again, we don't look at just iron, we look at transferrin and transferrin saturation and ferritin as well. and doctors say suggesting something like ferrograd C, which may not have the absorption, or I think there was another one, I can't remember the name that was recommended, but it created 
it creates quite a lot of constipation in my client. And if the doctor hasn't asked if they have constipation issues, that's only obviously going to worsen it. So um, it's knowing, I guess, the remedy, either ideally nutrition because it's least harmful um, or um, even supplement wise, which will actually work in alignment with what their body is currently um, doing. Mm, and that just like piqued my interest of like asking whether your client is potentially vegan or vegetarian yeah and <laughs> that's uh, a big question even with it i think i posted something my story yesterday like hemochromatosis or iron overload looks very similar from a symptom standpoint to um anemia so uh, if that doctor hasn't asked like do you actually eat meat and they're like oh no i don't like but their iron stores are full like you obviously need to look for whether they have a single allele or if they have iron overload genes as well yeah, amazing. Anything else that is crucial? Um, I think I really like the mindset stuff. So getting them to have a tangible goal and ask if they've had it in the past, like if they've ever been at that weight or that body composition or if they've ever been that strong um, and how would it feel, not look, but how would it feel either to achieve it and also not to achieve it. Um, and I guess even asking like, you know, what other commitments do you have in that? What obstacles do you see? Um, and putting it back on them like what do you feel you need to do to achieve your goals because I think sometimes yeah. people just want to pay for a result and they're not willing to put in the work so um, making them aware of I guess what it would look like um, what they would expect from you ask them like what is your expectation upon me and then let them know what your non-negotiables are and what they can expect from you as well um, communication is a big one because I do feel like Coaches are expected to be 24-7 PAs um, sometimes. But yeah, I think just being like, I don't work on these days. This, mm. this, if it's urgent, contact this. If it's not, put it in your biofeedback, for example. Um, and obviously taking all their initial measurements, etc. as well. And I really like clothing size as a, a measurement as opposed to a weight. Um, especially being that we're, we're building strength and things like that as well. Um, and then any disclaimers, like if you are getting them even in their initial fades to fill out like a contract with you, that's going to make it more real for them about their goals and I guess getting mini goals along the way. So they might have, say, 10 kilos that they want to drop, but break it into bite-sized pieces and be like, we're going to celebrate here when you achieve this goal and we're going to celebrate this and you're going to go and get a massage when you get your 10K down or whatever it is. So um, putting it in a way, it's not a food reward for sure, yeah. um, but also I guess getting them a contract, making it real, making them understand that they're going to have to put in some work as well and what they can expect for you and what they can't. The more clear they are and the more communication they have, the more seen they'll feel and the greater the commitment will be. Yeah, 100%. I think... Yeah, I think that was really helpful and I think that was a lot, but I also think that, you know, if we go through the course or if you decide to join up to the course, um, you will get all of this plus more with Amy. We're going to go through like exactly how to take you through the initial consultation. We're going to go through, you know, what are the things that you're looking for? What are the symptoms that you need to ask about? What they could potentially mean and then how you can basically help your clients um, addressing their micronutrient deficiencies through their nutrition um, and their training as well. Yeah, and looking for the biggest domino. Like I, as much as I, mm. there's a lot of things to cover. Like, yeah, you could look at trying to fix all those things, but you're not Mr. Fix-It like, or Mrs. Fix-It. Like you need to pick what is the biggest domino to make the greatest amount of change. And that's what we'll go through is being like, okay, well, you could address this, this and this, but that's the bottom of the waterfall of what you're seeing the biggest domino at the top of the waterfall with all the other symptoms happening below it that's what you need to address and i guess that's the protocols that we'll go through in the course as well yep getting the low-hanging fruit loves fruit 
Cool. Awesome. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed this episode, the initial consultation, um, something that we talk a lot more about in week two of the course. Um, and then from there, next week, let us know if you have any questions. Um, you can DM us either at Kaylee Physio or at Coach Needham Fit on Instagram. Any questions, anything else you would like us to answer on the podcast next week, we are going to be talking all about energy.